Then the Lord of Earls, as he sat on his mead bench, gave glorious gifts to each one of those who had fared with Beowulf over the ocean ways, and heirlooms they were. And he bade them atone in gold for the man that Beowulf had lost, the man whom formerly Grendel had wickedly killed, as he would have done more of them, unless Almighty God and the spirit of Beowulf had withstood weird. The Creator ruleth all of humankind, as still he is doing. And good understanding is always the best thing, and foresight of mind. And he who long enjoys here the world in these strife days shall be biding both pleasant and loathsome fate. Then was there clamor and singing together in the presence of the battle prince Halfdana. And the harp was sounded, and a song often sung, when Hrothgar's scop would tell forth the hall mirth as he sat on the mead bench. When fear was befalling the heirs of Finn, the hero of the half-Danes and Naif of the Danes must fall in the slaughter of the Frisian people. Not in the least did Hilbur need to be praising the troth of the Jutes, for sinlessly was she depraved of her dear ones in the play of swords of children and brothers. By fate they fell, wounded by arrows, and she was a sad woman, nor without reason did the daughter of Hawk mourn their doom. When morning light came, she could see under the sky the murder of her kinsman, where she before in the world had the greatest of joy. For warfare took away all the thanes of Finn except a mere remnant, so that he could not in the place where they met fight any warfare at all with Angust, nor seize from the prince's thane the woeful leavings by fighting. But they offered him terms, so that they all made room for them on the floor, and gave them halls and a high seat, that they might have half the power with the children of the Jutes. And the son of Folkwalda honored the Danes every day with fee-givings, and bestowed rings on the troop of Angust. Yes, even great treasures plated with gold, so that he would be making the kin of the Frisians bold in the beer hall. Then they swore on both sides a treaty of peace, Finn swore with Angust and all without strife that he held in honor the woeful remnant by the doom of the wise men, and that no man there by word or work should break the treaty, or ever annul it through treacherous cunning. But if any one of the Frisians, by daring speech, should bring to mind the murderous hate between them, then should the edge of the sword avenge it. Then sworn was that oath, and massive gold was lifted up from the hoard. Then was Naif, the best of the warriors, of the bold Danes, ready on the funeral pyre. And his blood-stained shirt of mail was easily seen, the golden boar in the midst of the flame, the iron hard boar, and many an athling destroyed by wounds. Some dropped to their knees on this field of death. Then Hildbur commanded her very own son be thrust into the flames of the pyre of Naif, his body to be burned and put in the fire. And great was the moaning of the mother for her son, and dirge-like lamenting as the warrior ascended. And the greatest of slaughter fires wound its way upwards towards the welkin, and roared before the cavern. Heads were melting, wounds burst asunder. Then blood sprang forth from the wounds of the body, flames swallowed all, that most cruel of ghosts, of both of those folk whom battle destroyed. Their life was shaken out.